Okay, I'm calling Ben. Calling Ben on the phone. It is a Friday. Uh, Betty had a band concert. So I'm calling Ben on a Friday. Rather than calling him on Thursday, which is when we normally record. And that's a little inside baseball for anyone who's interested in how the podcast gets made. And there's going to be some other stuff that you're going to find out about during this call. It should be great. Poggity. Hey, Ben Lawrence. How's it going? I'm cold and tired. How are you? Oh, no. What happened? (laughs) Oh, I was just, you know, I got up early today and, uh, and it's cold outside. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I thought that maybe you were trapped in a bunker or something. Uh, and the, the bombs good the bombs you. keep going. I knew it. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. So uh, I don't know if you remember this. And I actually, I think I, I probably, this, this podcast could be renamed. Did I say this already? <laughs> uh, well, after 159 episodes, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Betty used to do circus class, but my daughter Betty used to do circus class in Seattle, and we found a circus class here uh, in St. Louis. It's at uh, City Museum, which uh, neat, you know, you you visited. Yeah. Uh, so she's at circus class right now, uh, which means I am not in the room. I'm in the living room. And so what we're in the middle of right now is podcast roulette. <laughs> because eventually Betty and Jennifer are going to come home, but I don't know when. Ah, I see. Well, I know it'll be uh, probably after six thirty because it takes like a half hour to get to here from St. Ah. Louis. So around so. the middle or the later half of the show. Yeah, I think so. Probably. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that little disruption in your routine. Uh, and then also this weekend, um, I guess it'll be, uh, over the weekend for the, for the people who are listening to the podcast that this has already happened. My brother is turning 50. This is my brother, Dan. Your brother. I don't talk about him that much. Dan. Uh, yeah. Dan is my stepbrother. Um, and he and I shared a room from, uh, the time that. I was in second grade to the time that I started high school. Wow, that's and a that's I, a, those are pretty formative years to share a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was uh, much more athletic than me. He is smarter. Than, he's basically he had um, like imagine you know if if you get points uh, in like a game like Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Yeah. I felt as a kid like he always had extra points that he got to spend. <laughs> like there was, there was nothing really where uh, I surpassed him in anything. Uh, I guess, and I really honestly think that's why I got into uh, theater and comedy and stuff because it was something that he wasn't that interested in doing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he got me into Star Wars. Uh, he introduced me to Monty Python even. Ooh. Uh, and you know, I, he didn't, he wasn't into it as much as I was, but he was aware of it. Right. And, uh, let's see, he and his friend Jay got, uh, me interested in rap music at an early point. And then he shunned all of that, uh, rock and rap music and all that and got into country a Uh lot. And what I am getting him uh, for his 50th birthday is a CD of Guy Clark music. And Guy Clark had a, a uh, song that was on the radio a lot when we were kids called Homegrown Tomatoes. So I'm getting him the CD and I'm going to buy him some tomato seeds. <laughs> All right. And, so it's a thematic uh, gift. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, uh, and the thing I love about Homegrown Tomatoes, I still like it as a song. Uh, as you know, one of my favorite types of songs are songs where the musician talks about how well they play their music. <laughs> um, Rapper's Delight, for example. Yeah. Um, what you're hearing not, is not, not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. Right. Uh, there's another one. Uh, it's Nobody by Skindred. 
and nobody is all about how Skindred plays music. Uh, so Homegrown Tomatoes is like that kind of thing, but but a different direction, which is it's it's a song about something that is there's no metaphor really. I mean, you can find a metaphor if you look, but there really isn't one. It's he's singing about how homegrown tomatoes are really nice. And, and this is how you pick them. Uh, this is what you can make out of them. Uh, they're great. And I like them like that. Gotcha. I, well, I can't it say would, I'm familiar, but uh, it's probably a genre of music I'm not very tight with. Well, I don't know if I, I think that maybe only Guy Clark really does a like if if there were a song called How to Get to Memphis and it and it was like, well, you take the you know, and it lists the highways that you go to get to Memphis. Right. That would be the example. I I would I would very, very much so be interested in starting a band that does stuff like this. Like every song is about GPS um, directions. Here's, Here's how you change your oil. Right. Well, we you know that Paul, kind of thing. Uh, you may remember we did do a song like that called "Jump Start the Funk." Hey, man, do, uh, it is possible that that is my uh, genesis of this. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking about a song, last time we we used to save this sort of towards the end. Let's let's jump into. Oh yeah. Uh, the uh, a, so a semi at, a semi regular segment here on the show where we discuss yes. our previous uh, performances. For those who do not know, uh, and if if you don't know, why are you listening to this? Ben and I <laughs> used to perform regular regularly at the late night version of Spin the Bottle, which is now uh, no longer happening. Well, it's There's no longer still, late night. There is still right. There is still a Spin the Bottle. Uh, but it is now a primetime show. Correct. And there, there's just something about a late night show that, um, I, I can't, you know, there, there's a different fi- vibe, a different feel. It's more experimental perhaps. Yeah. Uh, you're tired <laughs> often. And what, um, what we had learned is that more and more the late night shows are less well attended. Yes, especially as we've talked about the changing Seattle demographics. Yeah. Uh there really isn't I mean that scene kind of got uh trampled by the business owners in the area. It's a mixture. Who... I want to say it's a mixture of those business owners, and it's also all of the residences that are popping up that are being filled by um, people who are not bohemian artists who yes. like to complain about the loud noises coming from the bar they just moved in next to. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Well, well, but we've talked about this. It, yeah. it always happens. The cool area to live is the cool area to live because that's where the artists can afford to live. And then people want to move there, and then the artists can't afford it, yeah. so they move to somewhere so else. It's a nasty that. cycle. I don't know if there's a new Capitol Hill in Seattle quite yet um, because people are just moving away from the city because nobody, nobody can afford to live here anymore. So you find yeah. that Seattle Seattle artists who once, you know, who you could afford, who could afford at one point a two-bedroom apartment on Olive for like $500 a month now are moving down to Tacoma or up to Everett. Yeah, actually, you know, uh, your friend and mine, Zach Lewis, uh, moved to Everett uh, pretty early on, back when I was yeah. still in Seattle, Trendsetter. for that kind of reason, there, yeah, there was. He was like, "There's still lots of stuff to do here, and I'm not that far away, but it's much more affordable." Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's I I, I know that I I moved uh, much further than Everett, but that's kind of <laughs> you know where I was a little extreme. where I was going. Yeah, it is interesting, Edwardsville, where I live now, um, because it's a college town and stuff like that. We're getting. A lot of cool stuff, new cool stuff. There's uh, this thing called Strange Donuts in St. Louis that's going to open up a store here. Are they uh, are they vegan donuts? 
Uh, I don't believe so, no. Because you know what um, just uh, moved in a block away from my apartment? Oh, Ben, what is it? Mario. Oh, I love Mario. Mario donuts. They're not so that good. bad. You know, I'm I kind of I'm 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 not anti-vegan, but I don't seek it out. But I will say yeah. their donuts are really tasty. That is see, this is uh the the good thing about vegan stuff, in my opinion, probably the best the best idea is uh if it's vegan but it doesn't matter if that makes sense <laughs> like like someone would eat it even if they're not vegan that's the yeah. holy grail in my there opinion. was a uh the petty rosso cafe like an apple the, the petty rosso cafe Sorry, used to have a blt that was uh vegetarian uh it had oh. aioli on it so i don't think it qualified as vegan um wait what is, what is aioli i think it's like a mayonnaise so i think it had dairy oh. in it <sighs> Um, I could be wrong. Because Maybe it was soy based. I think Who mayonnaise knows? doesn't have dairy, and I think mayonnaise has eggs. Mayonnaise has eggs. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, so it, it wasn't, but, but it's still, it wasn't vegan. Here, it was vegetarian, and it had this bacon, this fake bacon, that you know, oh. I I love me some actual bacon, but this fake bacon wasn't that bad. I mean, it didn't taste like bacon. Yeah. It's not bacon, right? Exactly. Right. It's, it didn't taste its own. It, I, you know, it's I'm not going to confuse it for actual bacon, whereas. One of those Mario donuts. I don't think I'd be able to, you know, do the Pepsi challenge with the vegan donut versus a non-vegan donut. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, hey. Speaking of um, uh, new things and and all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, bad segue. But here's the thing. Do you have Instagram at all? I, no, I do not have the Instagram. On my Instagram, uh, I. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I, I'm not looking anything up. I am, but I'm using uh, the internet. I'm going to send you uh, via. I think I am. Would that be an okay way to send you a little video? Uh yeah, sure. I guess if I can play okay, it on my phone I'm, while I'm talking on it. I'm going to say. Oh, let me send it to you. Uh, can you email it to me? Email. Yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and. The only reason I bring this up is because I am sort of doing the thing where I'm talking to you about it while I'm doing it, which never works exactly. <laughs> we're, we're also with getting making. We're also getting quite English. We're also getting quite off the beam here when we started talking about the next uh, performance in 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 line. Yeah, We've yeah, kind yeah. Of deviated and that's, from that. Uh, make them make them want it. You know what I mean. <laughs> You know, we normally uh, talk about it near the end of the show, and it looks like it looks like we're gonna keep on that path. So, all right, I, it's not a letting me uh, send the video. It's probably too big. So I'm just sending you uh, an image. Is your Instagram instead. private? Can you just send me an Instagram link and I can look at it? Oh, oh, well, I, I the the picture is gonna be good enough. Okay. Uh. I'm gonna. It's called Betty and Tally. Betty and you're and gonna be getting a Tally. Tally. T A L L Y. Is this a friend of hers? Well, you'll see in just a I'll second. Just I don't second. think they're friends. Uh oh. Necessarily. Okay, I sent it. And you, you, you haven't posted this on Twitter because, as previously discussed, you are not back on the Twitter. You're right. I'm not really. Although you know, I'm getting. I. There, there are a couple times when I sort of want to get on Twitter. One of them is to ask people, you know, hey, has anybody heard of this movie? Also, yeah. um, you know, whenever I watch something that I like, I'm always like, I, I want to write to this person on Twitter and tell them that it's good. If there were a service that was Twitter, right? And all it was was you could just say... Hey, nice movie to somebody who made a movie. And then they don't write you back and you don't write them, but they like acknowledge I acknowledge that I have seen you say nice movie to me. Yeah. That would be great for me. So I did um, I did get the picture. Okay, so let me I've seen yeah, this before. I, I saw a news link regarding these. So what, oh, what, what, oh, I thought I, th I thought you meant that Betty's. Uh, no, 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 I no. saw this picture. Why don't you Why um, don't you tell the audience what I'm looking at? All right, so I'm going to describe the event. Uh, so I'm in I'm in the store. This is a Schnooks. 
uh, which is uh, in Edwardsville. Uh, there are two Schnooks. One used to be a shop and save, but the uh, Schnooks is a, a local grocery store. This just uh, sound I mean, like and... made up store names from like a, a Neil Stevenson novel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm walking. I'm walking uh, through one of the aisles, and Betty goes, "Oh, what's that?" Now, here's the important thing. First of all. I passed the thing that Betty said, oh, what's that? And I didn't even acknowledge it. And then I look, <laughs> and there is uh, one of those uh, air filters, right? One of those, like, things that you see uh, in stores and stuff that uh, it circulates. It brings the air in, and there's, like, a HEPA filter, and it circulates yeah. sort of like a little fan and stuff. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. No, this thing is moving around and those things don't move around and i realize oh it's a gall darn robot it's a robot and the robot's name is tally and tally uh goes up and down the aisles and it tells you you as the owner of the grocery store hey um you're getting low on this item yeah. or this item has been miss uh there's a little. There's an item here that shouldn't be here. There's a little um, uh, LCD display uh, about looks like two feet up, and it says "stock check," and it has two little dots that uh, probably supposed to be re resemble eyes. But I'm assuming. Yep. That uh, it, it it has sensors all up and down. It's about I don't know five feet tall maybe. Yeah, and um, uh, it, from it, it has cameras. Yeah. All up and down it. And uh, yeah, it says it can it, it scans the floor all the way up to the top shelf. Yeah, neat. And there's also so an abandoned the shopping thing. cart in the back of this picture. Is that your shopping cart that you just left in the middle of the aisle? Uh, let me let me take a look <laughs> at the picture. Uh, aren't you aren't you aware that it? other people try to use shopping stores? Paul Goody and gonna, leaving your shopping cart in the middle of the aisle inconveniences. I've had a hard time in, in going grocery shopping lately because a lot of people just don't, they have no uh, sense of, of how much space they take up. Okay, I'm looking at the shopping cart. I'm going to say that yes, <laughs> it's mine. Um, here's the thing, Ben, that you, again, uh, we've, we've talked about this before. You're a city guy. Um... Uh, I could have lied down in the middle of the floor in that aisle and not inconvenienced anyone. I also want—I also have to say that this is the first time I've seen Betty's black hair. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think it—I think it works for her. Um, yeah. Also, I like the way that she uh, she's in a battle-ready stance, kind of. <laughs> Uh, sort of sneaking up, ready to attack. So at the, uh, at the point in the picture, the the robot is not does not appear to be actively scanning the shelves. Are you interacting with it in some way? Does it allow you to? Can you ask the robot if there's more pasta sauce in the back? Uh, I I did not try to do that, and I don't honestly. I don't think it's that functional. Um, but no, what? Let's see. In the picture that we're looking at. Yeah, so what the what the robot would do, um, it would turn and face the aisle, right? Yeah. At this point in time, um, like there's like I said, there's a video of it, um, which which didn't work, but yeah, the video. Okay, so I'm I'm watching the video, and it is moving <laughs> forward. And it, yeah, it's it's just moving down. So, the sensors are on the sides, right? Yeah. Okay. So it is actually looking at the aisle. Uh, it's got sensors on both sides of it. So the eyes are are a little bit. Um, you, you know how uh, Doberman Pinchers have the that little uh, light brown over the top of their eyes, which makes it kind of look like they're they have eyes. Oh yeah, like they have that, eyebrows. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. About. Uh, these eyes are, are uh, uh, affectation. They're a uh, they're a cosmetic thing. They're <laughs> right. not functional. To the make it to make it seem them. more friendly, I think. Yeah, I think that's why they do it. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I wonder how many people Schnucks didn't hire because they got these robots. Uh, 
I don't know. Like, did this um, did this robot robot did this robot replace a job? I don't think it does, and here's why. Um, doesn't have any hands. Doesn't can't actually so it can't move stuff back in. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It can. So there needs to be. It could probably replace one guy, uh, if that guy just said to the other guys, "Hey, dude, <laughs> you got to move this." It replaces. Which is possible. It replaces the manager's son. <laughs> it changes the way that it works because Tally goes up and down all the aisles, right? Yeah. But how fast is Tally? Not really fast. It strikes me that if so, it goes too fast, it'll tip over. I think what Tally, this is my guess, what Tally probably does is goes through the aisles, picks up where there are problems, sends a report, and then another stock person goes after Tally yeah. and fixes the things that Tally sees. That's So I would say it would be an assistant to the job. You know, it's, um, you know, it's only a matter of time until they do pro, uh, provide these things with armatures that can physically restock the shelves. Yeah. Uh, we and and I actually had a conversation with a uh, tally uh, friend of mine uh, about this friend of mine at work. Yeah. Um, because it's like, yeah, I, I was saying the same thing. It's like, um, you know, here's the thing. Let's say robots do take all the minimum wage jobs, right? Right. Say so there are no more minimum wage jobs. They're all being done by robots. It's only a problem for people. If nobody values people that don't have jobs, right, and then those people starve because no one feeds them or right. whatever. Hence, Whereas if we live in a, in a, shall I say, a Star Trek society, maybe, where, yeah, you don't have a job, you don't need money, uh... You know, study something. Do yeah, do yeah. you know? Well, I mean, and that's the, the that's the problem we're going to have to face. Uh, you know, in the next generation, is that um, a lot of people like to say, "Well, you know, if a robot takes your minimum wage job, just get another job that's higher paid. You know, learn to code or do or something like that. Something that's easy right. to say but not easy to do." Or, or you know, um, this is this is an argument that I've heard. Uh, apparently, someone famous said it, like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or somebody to that effect. Um, go into robot repair; you'll never right. be out of a job. You know, whatever. <laughs> and that's and that's probably that's probably true. There are humans are very but good at being multi-purpose uh, things. But but the the fallacy Ben is that you need a job, and that's the thing that right. I don't think is true. And that's that's where the the notion of the universal income uh, that's why that notion is starting to take hold. Or not even universal. I, I mean, the th here's the thing: universal income. People hate it right now, right? Uh, capitalist people hate it. Yeah. Um, but. It's a stepping stone to no money, basically. Yeah. Uh, it allows us to get our head around the idea of not having money. Because there are people in the world that if we had everything we ever needed, right? All the food you need, all the shelter you need, all that kind of stuff. Um, people would not be able to accept other people who didn't work as hard as them or whatever not having to have a job. Like it would just, or not having to have money for stuff. We, we've been brought up so much that with money as a thing, money is great. Money, right? well, money is status. It's, well, well let, me, let me explain more. I, I don't mean necessarily, money is great because it is sort of this magic thing that if all I do is breed ducks, right? Yeah. And you don't need a duck, but you're selling beds and I need a bed. That's a bad example because <laughs> people who make beds probably need feathers. for. Building. Okay, so if all I do is make ducks and make I ducks. need a telescope. Uh, yeah, uh, I breed ducks. I, I raise ducks. I need a telescope. You don't need any ducks. I can trade all my ducks in for money and then use money. Money is, is it's a thing without any real value that everyone values and then we can all 
We basically do have a barter system. We've just invented this thing that everybody wants. Welcome to my microeconomics TED talk. Right. So we so we barter for the for this thing everybody wants, money, and then we use money to barter for the thing that, for the specific thing we want. Um and the idea is if money goes away and then it becomes like a first come first serve, hey, I need a I need a canoe. Oh, well all the canoes are gone, sorry. You know, the person who is used to having a lot of money goes, "Oh, I don't want there to never not be a canoe. I'd rather that you know, this guy who wants a canoe can't really take one." Because he doesn't have, as you say, the status that I have. Right? That sort of thing. So if we got rid of money, there would well, we we know it with the library, right? You show up to the library, you want a book, uh, your book's not there. What do you do? Put your name on a list. In general. You put your name on a list. So you say, When this I book want... is available, I want this book. Right, exactly. And so that's the kind of thing... Oh, uh, Jennifer is calling me. I'm going to have to answer. Okay. One second, okay? All righty. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. What's up? All right. So, uh, speaking of money, uh, I'm transferring money <laughs> to Jennifer and Betty because they're going to uh, go to Lion's Choice. By the way, have you ever been to Lion's Choice, Ben? I don't even know what it is. Lion's Choice is a roast beef sandwich place. Where they serve lion. Uh, and, well, no, the idea is that a lion would eat this because <laughs> it's good. I, I think, anyway. Um, I don't but know it's, how it's, much roast beef lions eat. It's really, it's really good. Um, is it expensive? As you know, I, I try to. Well, no, no, it's like a fast food place. Um, I, I try to eat vegan as much as possible, and I'm uh, mostly eating soup now. Right. It's just a thing. Does this have something um, to do with your, but, with your tooth? Um. Well, it started when I had my tooth, but it really has to do with the problem I have swallowing food. No. Oh. Uh, it, it used to be like once every, uh, month or so I would have problems like where I couldn't swallow and it was bad. You got to get yourself uh, scoped so now. Isn't this a, a, a congenital thing? Yeah. It, it, you remember that story. Yeah. yeah. Do you get yourself scoped? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, instead of doing that, uh, I'm just eating mostly liquid. <laughs> okay. There you go. And that's working out fine. Yeah. Um, sounds like it. Yeah, although Betty, I made uh, I made soup the other Betty day and I call me on it. I, I made soup the Sorry, other day God. and it I ended up using like almost every single cooking thing in my kitchen. It was it was insane. Anyway, Betty's giving you a hard time. Uh, she gives me a hard time when I don't do it. When you don't do it, like if I if I eat something, she's like, "Hey, I thought you were only eating soup," <laughs> and then yeah, keeping you on and, task. And Jennifer's like, "Why did you do that?" Because then she knows. Jennifer knows. I'll double down and be like, yeah, okay, I got to really <laughs> do it. Whereas Jennifer's job uh, is to back me off of my bullshit, basically, and, and make me not so weird. Well, it's not her job, <laughs> but, it, you know, in in the relationship, uh, of in the inter, inner workings of our family, uh, Jennifer knows that uh, the best way to make me not do something is to gently allow me to slide right and be like yeah that's fine you know hey it's a special occasion you know whatever and 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 then i'll do it whereas if i'm confronted with the fact that i'm not doing it or if somebody pushes back really hard on me doing it you know lots of times i'll i'll like i said knuckle hunter so anyway or, or we were talking about money for down. some reason oh yeah 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 so so the point is um, if there weren't it, money, other money would just be invented. If, well, well, no, that's that wasn't my point. Uh, it, possibly true, of course. Uh, black market, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the but the idea, if we were going to do it right, right, follow the library model, and the idea is that uh, you don't own things anymore. Like it's a rent a rental culture basically, mm -hmm. and you and you can just if you need something, 
you just have it for a while, and then when you don't need it, you don't have it anymore. Well, what about consumables? Pretty, pretty easy. Oh, uh, well, that's one thing. You know, try to get away from consumables <laughs> if you can. Well, like medicines, you, food. Yeah, what, what's that for? No, uh, no, the idea. I mean, the way I would think about it is that. Um, you know, it's sort of like the universal income sort of thing. Uh, food banks, basically. You would... It would... I, I don't want to call it the Amazon, Amazon Nation. I, I, don't, I don't know how you would call it. Amazon Amazonification? Amazonification. That's much better, Ben. The, where where you, you have a computer program, right? Yeah. You 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 put in your preferences, and these are the kinds of things I want, and all that. And then things are delivered to you. You know, you get your your box of stuff. Um, now, of course, here's the thing: the world is what it is. You're gonna get some stuff that you didn't order, right? Right. And then what are you gonna do with that? Well, if your friend, you know, you can say, "Oh, hey, I got." you know, five of these and I only need one of them. Do you want one? And your friend goes, yeah, and I've got this. And, you know, you trade back and forth or whatever. <laughs> this really, it's a beautiful I mean, dream. honestly, the non-money situation uh, can be either good or bad depending on who's administering it. People who don't like big government, I mean, cash is great for for that kind of a world, Right. Because everyone, so money isn't the government, but it kind of is, right? We all like the money. We all trade the money. And if you have enough money, you can get me to, you know, I may not like you, but I will still trade with you, right? Lots of times. Uh, you, not you being you, Ben. But, well, of course, but you yeah, being, no. You know, you know, some guy has an ATV and, and you go up to his house and he's... Uh, you know, not a guy that you want to kind of hang out with or whatever, but he's selling the ATV for $250. You have $250. Money exchange hands. You drive away. You never see that guy again. And that's a thing. If you have any thoughts on, on Paul's uh, revolutionary money theories, then email us at Ben's email at yahoo.com at gmail.com. And we'll here's, read it live on the I, podcast. Here's one thing I, I will say. Uh, my house right now, as I look around, is filled with a whole bunch of stuff that I bought that I am not currently using. Right. Right? I believe at some point in time, uh, we are going to get into a the what I'm calling the second wave of disposable culture. Uh, you know, paper products, all that kind of stuff, That that's where that started. Uh, before everybody had a wooden cup that they carried around and then later on plastic bottles happened and we threw them everywhere or what I'm, I'm just saying that eventually stuff is going to be 3d printed all over the place. Yeah. And objects themselves are going to be seen as being impermanent. Uh, you will have, you know, single use Everything. Well, I that think, nothing is meant to last. I think that all depends on whether or not these 3D printed objects are biodegradable. Well, I don't know. I mean, the, the idea is if, if they're not biodegradable, right? Uh, you don't throw... That's the thing is you don't throw things out anymore. There's no landfill. It goes back into the vat that all the stuff is being printed off. So it's recycled. Just, all these things are recyclable. Right. Everything is recyclable. The thing that's going to suck is that, you know, uh, it's not going to feel as good as the more permanent stuff. You know, your clothes are going to be scratchy or whatever. <laughs> I, you know, it's you know, only a matter of time it, until somebody figures out how to 3D print with fabric. They taste funny. You know, the, the utensils that you print don't taste as good as metal yeah. or whatever. Those are all little um, details oh, that'll be ironed out in time, I'm sure. Did, did we already talk about the milk wool? The what? Okay. You remember how a long time ago you and I were talking about spider goats? Maybe. 
Okay, so uh, the idea is that they were putting this protein in goat milk. Uh, genetically engineered goats uh, that they make this protein in their milk that spiders use in their webs, and they were using it to make this really strong material. The research for that is based off, and I didn't know this until just recently, based off of something that the Italians were doing during World War II. They had all this surplus milk, and they didn't know what to do with it, so they started making clothes out of it using this milk wool. Milk wool? That was made... This wool that was made out of milk proteins. The problem was that it was uh, not as durable as regular wool. And so by adding this spider protein uh, in, you know, this day and age that we live in now, uh, it's become much better. And now you can make uh, clothing out of it. Pretty crazy. I have not heard of this, such a thing, but I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to conceptualize what a milk wool piece of clothing. Spider goats. Look it up. Spider goats. S- spider goats. Um. Let's see. Sounds like a nightmare scenario. It does, doesn't it? But they, you know, they're just goats. Goats. Probably. Goats with eight legs that spin webs. Yeah, I keep on thinking about horses with eight legs, and you know, <laughs> that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, uh, halfway through the podcast, looks like, uh, now let's get to the thing we were going to do at the beginning of the podcast. What is <laughs> the Goody Lawrence, uh, performance that we're going to talk about? Oh, uh, well, th- this is something that we were, that we brought up at the end of the last show, but we felt we needed to give it more time. This was a performance yes. that we did on... March 7th, 2003. So, uh, yeah, 16 years ago yesterday. Wow. Um, Look at that. Yeah. Uh, this is me. This is my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which was so- a slideshow to an original piece of music that we performed at Spin the Bottle. Now, here's something that I don't know that maybe you can tell me. Um, where did... You're the one saying, this is me, this is my house. Yeah. Where did that come from? That So we were at, we were at your house in White Center. And... Uh, uh, Highland Park. Highland Park. <laughs> yeah, they, they... Highland Park really didn't want to be part of White Center. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> They're part of White Center. Um, yeah. Uh, my apologies to all the people on the uh, Highland Park City Council that no longer listen to the hey, show. Now, now, is that possible? Is it possible that White Center could become the new Capitol Hill? I think a lot of people still live there. I mean, a lot of people live down there, but I don't know of any like large warehouses where art takes place in White Center. Okay. But I could be wrong. But it's not it's not typically like a, a Georgetown like destination. Yes. Um so we were at your house. It was late at night. We were working on a piece of music. We had a piece of music down that we were working on. And uh we uh, hadn't had lyrics, and so I'm just like sitting on this couch, and your screensaver on your computer, uh, for whatever reason, only showed two pictures. It would show a picture <laughs> of you, and then it would show a picture of your house. So okay. I was just saying what I was seeing, and I, I, and I started repeating, this is me, this is my house, this is me. This is my house. And, uh, yeah, we decided to make those the lyrics. And and so the slideshow came after that. The, yes, the slideshow that we produced came after that. Now, now here's, here's the thing. The, uh, the slideshow itself, right? Yeah. Um, uh, pictures of people and then pictures of their house, basically. It was... So the slideshow was uh, comprised of two different things. It it was comprised of slides from my family's archives. And so I went through and picked out 
like pictures of people and pictures of houses. Yes. And it also is comprised of slides that we took, which is a a chase between a, a motorcycle helmeted dude and a dude with a gorilla mask or a monkey mask. Uh, or, yeah, a monkey mask and a yellow jumpsuit, I believe. Well, you weren't wearing the yellow jumpsuit in the in the uh, initial ah, picture, so important to know because that 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 yellow jumpsuit monkey mask showed up later on. Yeah, in something. No, you were just wearing so, regular. You were just wearing regular clothes. So we we had okay. you know, my film camera, and we 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 just just took pictures. I believe this happened after a um, after an annex company meeting, and they were like, "What do you guys do now?" Like, well, we're gonna go shoot some pictures. For our, yes, for this thing and we're doing. if I remember correctly, uh, it was in, so you and I shared an office park. Yes, uh, I was working at Amazon.com. I mean, uh, well, we were working <laughs> at two different places. Yeah, but they uh, shared an and office there park. was a subway, not a subway, but a um, bus tunnel, a bus tunnel, yeah. underneath, which now is a light rail tunnel. But before, but, but at that time, it was just a bus tunnel, right? If I remember correctly. Um, yes. And the, the one, yeah. So it started out, I believe what happened was, uh, it started out with pictures of the people in the houses and then the man and the monkey thing happened later on. Yes. I do believe that's correct. Um, and the, the one thing that I remember, uh, that got some woohoos at the time that we did it. There's one picture of a of a woman in like a a United States flag outfit of some kind, <laughs> and it goes from that to a house that's on fire. Right, because this was actually the near the start of the Iraq War. This is in March 2003, yes. and that's when the U.S. decided to invade Iraq. Yes. Uh, speaking about which, and I don't know if you know this, but, uh, it's totally true. The invasion of Iraq, uh, really, uh, changed how, uh, like there was a push to make sure that, uh, intelligence analysts, uh, had, uh, a, a better focus on critical thinking. And citing their sources and things like that because it was viewed in the intelligence community as a failure on their part. Right. Not just, and and I thought, I thought when I when I first heard that, I thought that they were just talking about nine eleven itself. But not only that, nine eleven, and then also getting to the Iraq War, it was not well received in the intelligence community. No. So that's pretty interesting. (laughs) So, um, Um, so yeah, so it's. uh, there is video of this, of us. There's video of the slideshow at Spin the Bottle. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, there's, it's just a bunch of slides. And this, there was a reviewer. The interesting thing about this is there's a reviewer for The Stranger who was reviewing Spin the Bottle that month. And we got our, our favorite pull quote from that, from oh. that review. Was that was that where Too Goofy to Hate came from? It is. The, f- oh. the full review is, Two-man group Glitcher provided a catchy song backed with an old-school multimedia presentation that, while derivative of the Trachtenberg family slideshow players, was simply Too Goofy to Hate. Ah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Now that I have a, a lot of perspective behind me, I have to say that calling what we did derivative of the Tractor Rouge Slideshow Family Players was actually giving us more credit than <laughs> we necessarily deserve. Because, uh, of course, the thing that we're thinking about, Mountain Trip to Japan, right? right? Uh, the thing the, the reviewer was probably thinking of, right. uh, was expertly like the song and the slideshows, the interplay between the two of them. Uh, are are you know really well done, right? The 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 things that they're doing, they're they're really really close to it. 
Whereas you and I, um, yes, there are pictures of people in houses, but but we don't really we. It's not finally no. There, there, we didn't. There's no yeah. sense of competency or professionalism behind whatever we did. So I, at the time when it came out, I was like, "What? This is nothing like it." Now, <laughs> sixteen years later, I can look at that and go, "Oh yeah, all right." Here's a question for you, Ben. Do you know who the reviewer was? Uh, I don't, but I can look it up. Yeah, we should find out who the reviewer was. That would be fun. Because I, I linked to it on the uh, on the website. So of course you're not looking it up now. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. Um, Actually, yes, I so, am. Yeah. No, I'm not. Oh, Ben! <laughs> no, ben is gonna bust us. <laughs> she doesn't listen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's this is me. This is my house from 16 years ago, as we record this yesterday. I like it. Um, we we should probably, if we have video of it, which we do, right? Yeah, we'll put that in the put show it notes. Put in the show notes Yay. for the people to look at. For hey, and check anybody who oh, happens to be listening if they wanna if they wanna see what we're talking about. And now we've got about fifteen minutes left. Uh, are there any corrections? My guess is no. Uh, I have, but I don't know for sure. Oh well, well, let me look. This is one of the few things that I am allowed to look at. Look. We we do have a, a sort of in-house correction person who often submits corrections for us. But as Ben mentions, you at home, if you have any corrections or comments about the show, feel free to send them to us, and we will look at them on the air. So as of um, as of right now, there are no corrections. But it is not unusual for Jennifer to send corrections in in the middle of the show. But uh, as we've previously heard, she and Betty are at Lion's Choice right now, so I don't think that's going to happen. Yes. Uh, but um, as, as we know, you know, keep listening, folks, because there could be corrections for, you know, multiple shows later on. Yeah, hey, let me ask you a question. Can you hear yeah. music in the background? Uh, no. Well, now they just I got cannot. quiet. I think the people who I think the business upstairs is throwing a party tonight. Gotcha. I am doing my best, Ben, to uh I'm find doing a my pair best of headphones ben. that fit over my You are doing your best, Ben, and I appreciate <laughs> it. Um trying to find a uh, a pair of headphones that fit over my larger than normal ears. I think we've talked about this. We've never uh, really before? talked about how large your ears are, but now that you bring it up, geez. Okay, so here's something I found out. Uh, my left ear, seven millimeters. Uh, my right ear, eight millimeters. I've never, so I've never measured my ears before. I don't. I uh, yeah. What prompt, me, what, I, why did you do that? I made to figure out how the big the inside. Oh, I see. Yeah. Of uh, headphones, I would want if I wanted them to cover my ears. I and uh, yeah, I made it to to forty five before measuring my ears. So that's something. <laughs> I don't. I've, I've got a couple years yet. I don't. Uh, I don't know if my ears are different in length, but I do know that they are not symmetrical laterally on my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if anybody's are. Yeah. Mine certainly are not. If I wear, oh hey, if I put my glasses on and I put the arms directly, you know, on the, you know, on my ears, my my glasses are crooked. Yeah, exactly. That's and and I would actually get a uh, get a wound on one of my ears. Yeah, which uh, is something you don't the, really realize until you start wearing glasses when you turn thirty five or how old I was, however old I was when exactly. I started wearing glasses. Yeah, it was really weird. You started wearing glasses, and I got eye surgery, so <laughs> we right. swapped. We swapped. Um, hey, speaking of swapping, oh god, but not really. Uh, we we haven't done our other segment, which is hey, does Paul know anything about the news? Oh, hey, does Paul know anything about the news? Uh, I know one thing. What's that? For sure, 
Luke Perry died of a stroke? Luke Perry did die. Uh, complications after a stroke. The stroke didn't kill him. Oh, okay. He lived. Gotcha. He, he had the stroke on a Wednesday, and he died on a Saturday. And then also uh, the frontman for The Prodigy died. Yeah, Keith somebody. Luke Perry was 52, and Keith whoever was 49. Yeah, 49. But yeah, but he he uh, that was self inflicted. I heard that that was a suicide. Oh, well there you go. Yeah, that's uh well uh too bad for both. There of was them. another death today. Jan Michael Vincent passed away. Oh, Jan Michael Vincent. Wait a second. Uh, are we talking about uh, the guy from Airwolf? Airwolf. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh wow, that's too bad. And you know it's funny. I was Is just Ernick Bird. Ernest Borgnine's dead also, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking of that TV show recently because I was trying to figure out if it was a direct spin-off of the movie Blue Thunder. No, it was not. But but here's But I think here's here's a here, I think, here's something that complicates that though. The helicopters yeah. have the same call numbers. What? Yeah, if there's a I was reading the IMDB trivia for for I think Airwolf. Or no, Blue Thunder. I was reading the IMDb trivia for Blue Thunder, and they said that the the the, the numbers on the bottom, like you know, um, yeah, like the the numbers like N seven four seven A or whatever, are the yeah. same numbers that that's on Airwolf. Oh, interesting. I I definitely think that the popularity of Blue Thunder uh, led to Airwolf getting greenlit, but there was some stuff about Airwolf that was really kind of interesting, like. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent's character was a pescatarian. <laughs> um, and in every single episode, there was somebody looking at a radar screen saying to themselves, I've never seen a helicopter go that fast. Uh, he lived, I remember he lived at a place that's only accessible by helicopter. Uh, in the show. Yeah. That was like part of the deal. <laughs> um, his name was Stringfellow Hawk. And his brother's name was Stingin. I didn't know. Uh, spelled St. John. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that the creator of the helicopter had programmed uh, his either his consciousness or a self-destruct or something in it. Um, <laughs> then it took over the helicopter for a little bit. Crazy. So, yeah. So, Jan Michael, yeah. Jan Michael Vincent. Uh passed away i think that happened this morning uh oh wow not a lot of political news that i've been really keeping up on the biggest news coming out of washington today was that uh elizabeth warren's presidential platform includes breaking up amazon facebook and google breaking them up well uh because they're they she says they have a monopoly on the internet and so they're gonna do a ma bell on them Oh, wow. Which is just what I get from seeing the headline over and over. Elizabeth Warren proposes breaking up Amazon, Facebook, and Google. Oh, wow. That That is an interesting thing because it the, it it's hard for me to conceive of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I get I'm it. Sure like it was hard. That. I'm sure it was hard uh, in the, what was it, the 70s when... Uh, they broke up Ma Bell and made it into different companies. Oh no, that didn't happen. The, that happened uh, in the eighties. In the eighties, yeah, right. that was a decade. Because I was uh, I was around during it. In fact, I think it might have. I think it actually might have happened while. It might have been in the nineties, Ben. I don't think it was in the nineties. I don't know. I would have remembered that. I uh, it, it, more. I would have remembered that oh, wait, more wait, clearly. Wait, 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 that yeah, were the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South because Southwestern Bell. That's what it. Southwestern Bell Yellow Pages. Southwestern Bell because the the main one was broken up. I believe. Right. That's why there would be a Southwestern. Yes. Ah uh, well, something for someone to check later on, perhaps. Um. But well, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's that's um, on that's on her platform. It's, but the, the, so yeah, the, I don't even know. Here's here's a question, Ben. Yeah, uh, I, I I hesitate to ask. Who are the people who are definitely running for president right now? Um, I don't think I could list them all. There's so many. I think there's like fourteen. 
14 really? Democrats wow. have, uh, as of t- as of right now, have have put their hat <laughs> into the ring. There's one dude I know who has said he's definitely not running. There's two people I know who have already who have stated they're definitely not running. Hillary Clinton is one of them. She said she's not okay. running in 2020. And Sherrod Brown has said he is not running. Who's that? He is a senator from Ohio. Okay. I want to say. But he was uh, a lot of people were speculating that he and I don't know if it's Sherrod or Sherrod. Um I gotcha. But uh but a lot of people were thinking he was going to win or he was going to run. I gotcha. So yeah, and I'm already seeing I'm already seeing the division happen within the Democratic uh uh party, you know, the people who are Democrats on Facebook and on Twitter where, you know, somebody yeah. says something nice about Bernie, somebody else will say something mean about it. Or well, you know, you know, it's just just the, the like Brett had a post recently where he Brett Fetzer, yeah, our friend Brett, Brett our, Fetzer, uh, your friend of mine, Brett Fetzer, had a post on Facebook recently where he said, "I will vote for Bernie Sanders. I will vote for Elizabeth Warren. I will vote for Kamala Harris." And he just listed all of these like presidential nominee hopefuls, and he's just like, "I will vote for whoever gets the Democratic nominee." For president, this needs to stop. Whatever you know, a very a, huh. something that's very huh, much very, along the lines of what you and I have been saying. I on was going to say it's very, very interesting. But then, that he would, uh, but then a whole it, discussion oh. happens where somebody's like, "Well, how come you didn't include this person?" And Brett's like, "Why? Well, oh, no. it was a simple oversight." Well, you need to include this person. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, basically. And you know, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault uh, Brett for saying something that is uh, logical and uh, <laughs> intelligent. Yeah, I. This is how it used to go. Um, let let the people who really you know care work it out, and then yeah. I will do what I think is best for the country, which is of course voting libertarian. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. No, well, then Howard no, Schultz is your guy. Wait, Howard Schultz? He's not necessarily libertarian, but he's going to be running as an independent. Uh, no. No, not that guy. Yeah, that guy. Oh, wait, guy. maybe... Maybe... No, no. The the guy who's... I believe the guy who's running for libertarian uh, president is um, McAfee. Uh, and his plan... McAfee, the asked, antivirus guy? Who's yeah, in jail? But, when, or should be in jail? When, oh, Right, right, right. When asked how he was going to run when he's wanted by the federal government, <laughs> said that he was going to send, he called them clones, quote-unquote, uh, doubles of him wearing masks that look like him with earpieces where he can talk, and then they'll uh, answer as him. Nice. Uh, nice. Which is great. Very. So that's, that's, that's what I'm looking Jesus. forward to. Uh, please don't write in <laughs> about that. Um, uh, there's there's one no, there's, you know, there's, it, there's one final bit of news. Oh yeah. Um, Trump former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort was sentenced to prison today. Oh okay. Um, for you know, and he's got a he's got a a rap sheet you know where he like uh, tax and bank fraud goes into the millions and millions of dollars. He received forty seven months. Which is, uh, you know, less than four years. Yeah. And people are saying that that's too lenient a sentence where you compare it with the woman who, the African-American woman, and a lot of people are saying that's an important point, who voted when she wasn't supposed to, and she didn't know. She didn't know she was uh, not allowed to vote, received a prison sentence of five years. She she didn't know she wasn't supposed to. That seems weird. What did what did they mean? She by had that a even? she had a prior conviction on her record. Oh, but didn't realize she wasn't allowed to vote, and so they threw the book at her, and so she received a five year sentence. Some lawyer on Twitter was uh, said that he was representing representing a person who was receiving a harsher sentence than Paul Manafort for stealing a hundred dollars worth of quarters out of a laundry room. I believe it. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's the outrage today is Manafort's lenient sentence. 
Well, you know, it is interesting because from what I understood, Manafort wasn't uh, going to go to jail at all. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, it's it's int- Here's the thing uh, that's excruciating about living through this time and why not paying attention <laughs> to the news is great. Um, it's a slow burn. It's like a soap opera. It's a slow burn. You, you know, you know what's going to happen pretty much. It's just when is it going to happen? Yeah. Is the guy going to get away with it? You know, all that stuff. And, you know, I'm not, uh, not necessarily too worried about any of that nowadays. Just live your life I figure the best you can. It'll take care of itself eventually. Everything will come out in the wash. Look, everybody everybody gets old and dies eventually. <laughs> and there's new stuff to worry about later yeah. on. Yeah, like robots in your grocery the, stores. Exactly. But all the old villains uh, die eventually. Yeah, replaced by new villains. Yep, exactly. All righty. And with that, we're not going to have a Yelling okay. for Betty segment today. Yeah, hey, Betty! Oh, God. Nope, she's not here. Not there. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Paul. Uh, well, Ben. Yeah. Uh, uh, do m- I, I implore you, I beg of you, Ben, yeah. please keep it Why wrong. Why don't you do me a solid and keep it wrong? I'll 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 see what I can do. Okay. I can't make any promises. All right, I'll, but, I'll talk to you later. Right. Talk to you all later. Right. Yep. Bye. Bye.